welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. We are all called to multiply every moment in life, to see moments become new momentum in our life that changes our life. Well, today, in just a moment, we're going to do something we've never done before. We are pulling something from the archives from back in 2016 during a series called Money Matters. Uh, this was a church favorite. This was four years ago now, church favorite, uh, a favorite of mine. I really feel like it, although it was a message for then, it's still a message for now. And I believe that God is going to minister to you. He's going to speak to you. And although the reference is around money, it can be applied to all areas of our life. So open your heart, your mind, and your spirit, because I believe God is going to speak to you in a powerful way. We're going to dive into Ecclesiastes chapter 11 for a message called Multiply It, Decisions for the Destination from the Archives. Enjoy it. My hope out of this message this morning, it's a little bit of an obscure message and I, and I, I struggle with it a little bit because I feel like this is more of like a seminar type message where you, you have a, a few people in the room that actually want to go somewhere, but I'm just going to assume you all want to go somewhere today. So I'm just going to assume you want to go somewhere. So let's just go into this, um, right into the scripture, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, which is, you know, a book that was written by the... At the time, the smartest man in all of the land, the wisest of all, Solomon, the son of David, the one who not only had a vision to build the temple, but actually did it, took his father's vision and made it a reality. He was also the wealthiest man in all of Israel. And people would come to visit him, to see his wealth, to see how his administrative structure ran, how, see how his kingdom ran, to see, you know, and hear from his wisdom. In fact, they'd come with questions and gifts just to hear the wisdom of Solomon. So Solomon was a very wise man. Now, you know, sometimes you can be so smart, you can be dumb, right? And, you know, later in his life, you know, he, he literally, I think he came to a place where he knew so much that he felt like he didn't know anything and realized it was all in vain. And uh, it, it didn't necessarily end well, but he was still the wisest man. And so we're, we're going we're gonna to read uh, from Ecclesiastes 11. I love Ecclesiastes. It's really like Proverbs, a wisdom book. And so I want you to go there, Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Verse 1, it says this, out of the Amplified, so it's going to amplify every part of this passage. Cast your bread, everyone say bread, bread. your gluten-free bread, your multigrain bread, your sourdough bread. How many like sourdough? I like sourdough. Yeah, I've been eating a little too much sourdough lately. Cast your bread on the surface of the waters. 
be diligently active, make thoughtful decisions. How many know that decisions are very important? Very important. The decisions that you make now will determine the destiny of tomorrow. Always remember that. What you do in the now will always determine where you go tomorrow. For you will find it after many days. Verse 2. Give a portion to seven or even divide it to eight. For you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. I love it because in this passage, you're going to see four for you do not knows. It's very important. There's four for you do not know. In other words, just remember that you're not totally in control of everything. For you do not know. For you do not know. You do not know how things are going to necessarily end up. You think you know, but many are the plans of a man's heart, but God is the one who orders the steps. So you think you know where you're going, but sometimes you just don't know. And if you don't know, now you know that you don't know. Okay. For you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. Verse 3, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it lies. That's good wisdom, right? <laughs> Wherever it falls, that, there it is. Thank you, Solomon. Verse 4, he who watches the wind, he who watches the wind, waiting for all the conditions to be perfect, will not sow seed. And he who looks at the clouds will not reap a harvest. Don't focus too much on what's happening. Focus on making good, wise decisions. Because sometimes wisdom is not going to be determined by what you see happening. So don't necessarily pay attention to all the fear out there. The news out there. The scenarios or the blogs that are telling you, hey, the bubble's going to burst. Be careful. Make good, godly, wise decisions. You hear me? Yeah. Verse 5, just as you do not know the way and the path of the wind or how the bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, even so, you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. Verse 6, sow your seed in the morning, and do not be idle with your hands in the evening, for you do not know. Hear it out again. You do not know. If you don't know, now you know. Whether morning or evening, planting will succeed. Whether this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Write this down if you're taking notes. Multiply it. Multiply it. Turn to your neighbor and say multiply it. And speak it into them that you're going to multiply every moment in this season. Multiply it. Because every decision you make from here on in will determine your destination. And the goal of everybody in this room, whether you know it or not yet, the goal of God for you is to multiply every moment of your life. To multiply what you've been given freely. To multiply not only your time, not only your finances, not only your relationships, but multiply every part of your life because your life is short on the earth. So the greatest goal of God for you in the earth while you live here is to multiply 
what you've got. In fact, that is the core message of the kingdom, to multiply it. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, go out into all the world and do this. Preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils freely as you have received. Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8, freely give, multiply what you've got. Go out and give it away, because when you give it away, you'll get it back and even more. The whole core energy that drives this message that we believe is multiplication. If you are in a place right now where you are not advancing and you are not multiplying what you have been given, you are in a dangerous place. You are in a complacent place because the goal of the kingdom is to take everything in you, everything that God has given you, and make it grow. That is the goal of God. That is the goal of God. So you can't ever just get stuck in your job. Just get stuck in your career. Just get stuck in, hey, I've got enough money to pay my bills. The moment you rest in that place is the moment you cease to move forward in multiplying every area of your life. And why, think about this for a second, why do we need to multiply every area of our life? What, what, what's the point? The point is, is that you are called to leave a legacy for somebody else that's coming after you. The point is, is that you are not living just for yourself. Even people that you've never met yet, sons and daughters you haven't had yet, spiritual sons and daughters you haven't had yet, whatever. You are called to leave a legacy and prepare for that now. So the way that we prepare for leaving a legacy is to multiply everything that God has put in our hand. How do I know this? Proverbs 13 verse 22. A good man, write this, put this on the screen. A good man leaves an inheritance for his grandchildren. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. What you do now is, is supposed to surpass one generation at least. What you do now, what you multiply in your hands now is supposed to touch two generations minimum and if it doesn't you're not living the life that you're called to live right now so so how about we take a moment and have a future focus for a second and say hey my present is preparing my future see if we don't have a future focus if we only have a present day focus we will live our life for the desires of the now and forfeit the rewards of the future so everything I do, okay, I'm not just thinking about how it's going to make me feel right now in the moment. I'm thinking about what I do right now, 20 years from now, could multiply into something really big so that my children's children and their children will have a new platform to begin on. All of a sudden, they break through my ceiling, and that's their starting place. That is the goal of God for everybody in this room. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, one of the greatest things that you can do outside of love and kindness while you live is to leave something behind. To leave a memory of something good behind. To leave something. You know that in scripture, there's over 2,300 mentions of money. Things tied to money, finance, and possessions. More than Jesus talked about love. And prayer. I wonder why, because I think, I think Jesus knew that, hey, if I don't help them understand why money matters, then 
they won't be able to pray effectively. If I don't help them understand why, why, why money matters, they won't be able to love effectively. So I got to get this into the very fabric of my people that money actually matters. And they're called to multiply it on the earth. You hear what I'm saying? You see, this can either be one of those game-changing messages, or it can be one of those things that just kind of goes over your head. But I believe God wants to deposit something in you to shift something in you. You hearing me this morning? This has to be our target. Multiply it. Every decision is a part of leading us towards our destination. Our destination is determined, write this down, by the decisions that we make, whether good or poor. So let's just bring it back to the beginning a little bit, guys. Okay? I just want to give you a little bit of a picture, and then I'm going to jump back into our main passage of Scripture. Because really, I was thinking about it this morning. I'm like, man, I could make this into a whole school of thought or school of teaching, this whole passage. There is so much, there, there's, you know, when you read Scripture, you, you got to be careful, even when you're studying Scripture, because I'm just going to put my teacher hat on for a second, okay? You, you can read commentaries, you could study different theologians, perspectives, scholars, people that are, you know, accredited with a high, you know, uh, a high stamp or approval of this guy has studied it out, he knows, I mean, he did his, you know, PhD on this or whatever, uh, and you could, it's all good, okay, but there are always different opinions and slants on scripture. The beautiful, the thing I love about most about the scripture is that there are, there is a, um, many layers of truth in every passage, in every story. God uh, had planned it this way because, you know, we, we sometimes what you get out of one passage in one season is, is totally different than when you get in another season from the same passage. There's a reason for that. Okay, so just always remember that when you're studying Scripture, if you do, because you should be studying Scripture, because it will transform and revolutionize your thinking on, on things. But, but it's important that we get that. So let's go back to uh, Genesis, where kind of it all began. I just want to paint a little bit of a biblical perspective for you. Why is the goal of our life to multiply? Genesis 1, verse 28, okay? Now listen to this. It says this, Then God blessed them. Okay, who? Men and women. It says God blessed them. Before God gave Adam and Eve a commission to do something, he blessed them. Before God gets you to do anything, he's already given you what you need to do that thing he's called you to do. Always remember that. If God has called you to do something, then he's already given you what you need to do it. Listen to this, verse 28. Then God blessed them. Everyone say the word Barak. Obama. No, not Barack Obama. That's the Hebrew. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Barak. Hebrew. God, Barak. Everyone say Barak. What, when you see that word blessed in that passage, this is what God is doing to his people, which he has done to all of us. He's declaring or making a declaration, putting something on that wasn't there before. So when God blesses you, he puts something on you that wasn't there before. So he gives you the provision for the vision. He gives you what you need. Even if you don't feel it, you don't know it, you, don't, you, can't, you, you can't define it, articulate it. You know, you're called something good, but you're thinking, how am I going to do it? God's already given what you need to do it. 
He has Barak. He's blessed you, okay? It means this. He crowns man with the same creative energy that it took to create matter in the first place. When God blesses you, he crowns you with the same creative energy that he utilized in his own moment to create all that you know and see today. The same creative energy. Then he says this. Actually, no, let me give you another definition of it before I move on. It also means this, to endue with power for success, prosperity, and longevity. So when he blesses you, he gives you the enablement to do it the long haul, to live life and and accomplish your dream and your purpose for the long haul. He gives you the divine grace that you need to not quit, to not give up. So when you want to quit, it's not that he's called you to quit. Maybe it's that you're not accessing the blessing that God has put on your life in that moment. You're forgetting that, hey, wait a minute, I want to quit right now, I want to give up. Wait a minute, I have what I need. God wouldn't have called me to do this if he didn't give me what I needed to do it. I have the same creative energy on me that God used to create the universe. Then he says this, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and what? Multiply. First, first command really before there was ever really a command first command by god hey guys listen like um you can eat off any one of these trees one tree you can't eat off if you eat off it you're gonna die but really i'm just setting that up because i want you to love me with your own free will i don't want to force love on you so i'm giving you an opportunity to to be obedient and to love me i'm giving you an opportunity to be dependent on me you know you can be independent if you want to but it won't go so well for you it may feel like it goes well for you for a while but hey i'm going to give you an opportunity to have this incredible relationship with me to walk in the blessing and the favor that i put on you but there's one thing you shouldn't do and it's eat off that one tree and if you do you're going to separate yourself from from me but just know that i've given you all that you need right now to do what i've called you to do and the first thing i want you to do and 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 only is really be fruitful and multiply and whatever it is it's it's not just talking about having kids you know it's like the first catholic church you know just keep having babies i'm just joking sorry that was a side joke but but like like be fruitful and multiply expand yourself Grow, advance. God will never give you a charge or a promise without giving you what you need to fulfill it. I want that to get in you. Because this is the thing, you guys. You want to quit. You have said, I've heard people say, God has called me to this. And I have interesting conversations all the time with people. God spoke to me in a dream. God called me to marry this person. God called me. God called me. God called me. God called me. He told me. Yeah, God told you. But then why are you quitting right now? God told me to get involved. God told me this was it. God told me I'd be here for the long haul. Then why are you giving up? You're giving up because you forgot the blessing that was on you to keep you in that calling. You forgot that God put on you what you needed to do what he called you to do. You forgot in that moment because you so focused on the wind and the rain and the storm and all the crap going on that you couldn't see anymore what you were called to. You forfeited your calling because you forgot the blessing that was on you to keep you in your calling. You hear what I'm saying? And every decision we make will ultimately determine our destination. 
So I want to do this this morning, and I'm really hoping to get this across. And I, my prayer is that, man, you, you would go, you would go with this new energy to multiply what you've been given, to take what God has given you, even if it's small, even if it's big, and multiply it, to grow it, okay? And I want to give you four decisions, four things that you need to decide to do in life that will enable you to multiply what God has given you, specifically around money. Number one, write this down. Decide to deposit. Decide to deposit. You can't take a withdrawal if you don't make a deposit. Common sense, but people don't realize that. They're trying to take withdrawals from stuff in life, but they've never made deposits. They're going to this bank in their life, and they're like, why isn't the bank giving me money? Why, why, you know, why aren't you giving me your time? Why aren't you giving me this? Why aren't you giving me that? But maybe you've never made deposits. Maybe you're trying to pull something from something that you never gave anything to. You know, and so we, we get frustrated, right? Well, you know, they're not, you know, whatever, you know, they're not nice. And we start judging people, start judging situations, scenarios. But maybe you've never made a deposit, and that's why you're not getting what you want. You're not getting what you need. You know, come in, oh, no one loves me. I feel rejected. No one talks to me. Well, maybe you need to make a deposit and talk to somebody. You know, I talk to people that no matter how much you embrace them, no matter how much you speak words of life, they still feel rejected. And everywhere they go, they say the same thing. Nobody talks to me. Nobody's friendly. I have no community. I have no relationship. But, hey, have you been making deposits? Because I'd rather be a depositor than just a receiver. And so even if I'm not getting back what I'm giving, I know I'm I'm on the winning end always because it's better to be a giver than to be a receiver. So I'm always on the winning end if I'm always giving. Hey, 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 as a leader, that's what a leader does, right? They're the hose. They're the hose. They aren't the bucket. And you got to realize that it's the bitter side of leadership. It's not always this glamorous, hey, I'm receiving full of light, but hey, I'm a hose sometimes, most of the time. In fact, all the time. And so, but I know that it's better to give than to receive. Not to say that I don't receive because I want to be a generous receiver. But you can't get frustrated. If you've been called to something great, you will feel like you want to quit and give up. Because you're called to be a depositor. You're called to be an investor. You're called to be a KC, a kingdom capitalist. Hmm. Like I said, Christian financial expert Howard Dayton who studied the scripture quite a bit, I love to use this reference, that he finds there's 22,350 times the Bible references money and possessions. 2,350 times. It's more than Jesus talked about love and heaven and hell combined. So why? Why? Is this so important? I'm telling you, God's setting us up for something great. Let's go back to the beginning passage here. Decide to deposit Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1. Be generous. This is out of the message. Invest in acts of charity. Charity yields high returns. Don't hoard your goods. Spread them around. Be a blessing to others. This could be your last night. I love it. This could be your last night. (laughs) You ain't taking your bills with you to heaven 
or your possessions or anything or your boat, your yacht or whatever. Hey, it's all good. I, I, I'd love to have a yacht. I love being on a yacht. Okay. But hey, I'm not taking that to heaven with me, right? Right? So multiplying what you've been given in every moment doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have nice stuff. But what it means is, are you stewarding what you have and making it grow? Because if you have the yacht, hopefully it's a sign that you've made something grow, which hopefully also means you actually are more generous. So you invite people onto your yacht, like me. I have a friend who has that really big yacht, and usually we go every year, and it's like, it's a glorious time. I love it. I love it. Let's go read this out of a different um, translation, Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1. Cast your bread on the surface of the waters. You, you know, bread really represents what you need in life to sustain in life. It's the bread you eat, right, to nourish your body. You need this. It's sustenance to your body. You need to have bread in your life. It's important, right? Bread is very important. Bread sort of is like the body of your life. It, 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 it drives your life. If you don't have food, you don't have a lot. You need, to be, you need to eat to keep going, right? If you want to multiply, you need to eat. And sometimes we get tempted to eat what we're called to sow. Sometimes we get tempted to, to take and enjoy too much what we are called to give to multiply so we can enjoy more later on or for the next generation to enjoy more later on. I'm not saying that you can't enjoy life. I'm just saying that sometimes we eat our seed and we wonder why we're not growing and advancing. You get, you know, you get a, a bonus at, at your work. You get a bonus and now you go out and you, finally I can go buy that watch that, I ha that I've always wanted. That's, that's fine if you want to do that, but if you're always squandering every new growth or new level of financial blessing, you're not going to multiply it. You're not going to multiply it. Because you're not thinking about the future. You're thinking about the now. I want those new shoes. I want that new watch. I want that new thing. Man, if you could get a picture of the future, hey, you could have all of that probably and more if you started making some sacrifices right now in the present. This is going to rock some of you, Okay. Because some of you need a holy slap in the face to wake up. Because you always say, I have no money. I can't give. I can't be generous. I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't. But we watch you. You go to Bridgehead every single day, and you buy the new shoes and the new clothes, the new watch. Hey, it's not because you can't. It's because you don't want to. Because you're not forward thinking. You're only present thinking. So no more excuses. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1 to 2, out of the New Living Translation. I want to read it out of here. I like it. I like, I like reading things that have different translations. Send your grain across the seas. You know, grain is what makes bread, right? It's kind of the starting point. And there's, there's an illustration here. Now, there's a, a, a big battle, you know, between scholars and different theologians, like in anything in the church, between the focus of this passage, because there's a, a huge component of this passage talking about multiplying money and, very, and, get, and finding different streams of income. And there's another focus on this passage talking about charitable giving and putting, basically putting God first and really being generous in life in general. The core energy behind this passage really is this. You can sum it up like this. Just be a giver. That's what really Solomon's saying. Just be a giver. Be an investor. Okay? That's really what he's saying. 
You can argue all the different nuances and stuff, but ultimately be a giver. And in this context, Solomon, you did a lot of international trading, a lot of international trading. So he'd send his grain onto a ship and then he would send the ship out. But you know, and I know sometimes there's a storm that hits, right? Sometimes that ship doesn't come back with the money that it owes you. It got cut up, right? Sunken pirate ship, right? The treasure's at the bottom of the ocean. We got to go find it, right? We lost all of our treasure. How many know that's what happens sometimes with your investment, right? You invest all your money into an RRSP, and all of a sudden the stock market crashes, 2008. Maybe you got hit by that in Canada. Maybe you got hit. We know a lot of our American friends did. They sent, maybe they put all of their grain on one ship. I'm going to put all my money in this one RSP, and I'm going to rely on the stock market. But then once that, that thing crashes, your, your ship's going to sink with it. Your grain that you put on that ship is going to sink. All that grain that you put into that ship, that RSP, is just sunk. And you've lost it. Now you regret putting all your grain on one ship. You hear what I'm saying here? So Solomon's drawing this illustration of, okay, we need to send out what we've been given if we're going to multiply it. But know this, that you're not going to, not everything is always going to bring the return that you think. Maybe the ship will sink because of a storm. Something happens. But maybe 20 years from now, someone's going to find that ship, and you have, because you have a claim over it, you're going to get all your money back. You never know how it's going to come back to you. Because you just don't know. And if you just don't know, now you know that you don't know. Always remember that. <laughs> Always know that you just don't know. And that really means this. You have to rely on God for everything. Because you can't rely on a market. Your study to a point even limits you. Because sometimes you need to have that Midas touch, that intuitive sense, that discernment. You know, it doesn't make sense, but I'm doing it anyways. doesn't make sense. Like, what is this McDonald's thing? Like, it's not going to last. But maybe I can buy a few stocks worth 10 cents a stock or 5 cents a stock. And then 100 years later, look what you just set yourself up with. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. Cast, send your grain, stay here again, New Living Translation, send your grain across the seas, and in time, profits will flow back to you. Profits will flow back to you. There's a promise of multiplication here. Verse 2, but divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. Number two, write this down, decide to divide. So we have to decide to deposit. We're just going to be a giver. We're going to sow seed. We're going to send grain into different places of our life. We're going to send it into this, send it into this account. We're going to be generous givers. We're going to invest in charity. We're going to be known as generous, known as givers. Decide to deposit. You get to start, that's your starting place. You're like, well, hey, I haven't multiplied my money. I can't. Well, decide first to deposit some money. If you want to make withdrawals, deposit. Number two, decide to make some division within that. Decide to divide. Because verse two, Solomon gives this incredible perspective. He says, give a portion to seven or even divide it to eight. What he's saying is, hey, set yourself up to create new streams of income. You know that the average multi-millionaire has at least seven streams of income. 
Solomon knew this before these guys. Send your grain. Divide it. Decide to divide it. Okay, I'm not going to put all of my eggs in one basket because you just don't know. You following me right now? Give a portion to seven or even divide it to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. Be wise. Diversify your portfolio. You know, I, um, Michelle and I had the privilege of, without going into too much detail, of receiving this very generous gift about seven years ago now. And uh, that helped us do something that without this generous gift, we wouldn't have been able to do in that season. And that one gift has multiplied, I can't even tell you how many times over, because we decided to divide it. We decided to diversify. We decided to say, hey, we're going to create some new streams of income for ourselves, and we're going to steward. We could squander it. We could spend it on all this stuff. We could buy a new car with it. We could do whatever. But we're going we're gonna to send it out onto the seas into one specific area that God told us to. And that one seed has now multiplied many, many, many times over for us to be able to do what we're doing today. Because we made a decision, because decisions will determine your destination. But you have to have a future focus to make healthy decisions in the present. You have to have a, a focus of sacrifice. And I can honestly attribute that blessing and all those things, first and foremost, for us making a decision, we're going to be generous givers. We're going to be generous givers. We're going to model this thing. We're going to model this thing. We are going to be generous givers when it makes no sense. And we're going to put God first in our giving. And we have seen many, many times over incredible multiplication because of that. Now, I could go in. I would love to. This is where I want to sit down with you and say, okay, let's talk about your checkbook. Let's talk about your bank account. Let's talk about your savings. Let's talk about how you're setting yourself up for the future. Let's talk about all that. I love that stuff. But I'm not going to do that right now because it might get boring for some of you. But are you here with me this morning? Write this down. Your decisions will always determine your destiny. I want that to go in you. Go in you. You know, um, let's just jump, jump to the number three. Let's jump to number three. Number three. So we have decide to divide, decide to deposit, divide. Number three, decide to do. You got to do something. You can have good intentions all you want. But until you do something, nothing's going to happen. Now, I have people talk to me all the time, but yeah, hey, I trust God with my finances. I'm going to put God first in my finances. But, you know, they end up giving a tip to God. And it's sad because they're not trusting God with their finances. They, they just locked it away. You know, okay, I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to honor God with my, a portion of my first. It doesn't even belong to you, first of all. He'll get it some other way. <laughs> But we don't really trust God when we have good intentions. We trust God when we have good actions. You hear what I'm saying? When we align our belief systems with our lifestyle and our actions. Silent in the room. 
We need to trust God. I'm telling you, this is number one. If you can't trust God with what he's given you, you will not be able to fully multiply and maximize what he wants to give you for the future. Decide to do. Verse 3 of Ecclesiastes chapter 11. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it lies. He who watches the wind, waiting for all the conditions to be perfect, will not sow seed. It's like the guy that says, hey, if I just won the lottery, I'd buy you a church building. You haven't even given a dime into this ministry. You're not going to buy us a church building. I'm just being real. Because this is the thing. People that say that usually don't know how to manage their present. They're always thinking, oh, one day, when the perfect time happens. Let me tell you, the perfect time will never happen. You will never feel ready to get married. Well, I got to have $20,000 in my bank account because I want to have the big wedding. Let me tell you, when you step out in faith and you trust God, God will make a way where there was no way. Stop waiting for the perfect thing to happen and the the stars to align. It's just not going to happen. And you're going to waste all of your time waiting for everything to be perfect. It's never been called to be perfect because you're not perfect. You're imperfect, but you have a perfect God that knows when you walk in faith, that's when you move into his perfection. You hear what I'm saying? So you, you got to decide to do. you got to step out of faith. Well, I, I've been talking about trusting God with my finances for the last five years, but you never have fully. you got to do it. you got to just do it. And, and you got to fail a little bit. Failing can be a good thing sometimes because it grows your, it, it, it gives you some thick skin. I loved it because, like, you know, my, our whole ministry was birthed really into street-style ministry. And so when you're on the street and people are rejecting you, people are like, whatever, it's not happening, and you have a bad day, you're discouraged, you miss something, and you miss God on something, it's, it, it can either discourage you or empower you. Discourage you or empower you. Man, I, I, failure is one step closer to success all the time. Remember that. Man, I, I want to fail a little bit because you know what? I know this sounds weird. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I want to fail a little bit because I know that if I'm failing a little bit, at least I'm trying. I'm taking risks. I'm stepping out because I know already that every risk that I take will not always be amazing. Or, or, or just maybe it will be amazing 40 years from now, but right now I won't feel amazing and I'll feel like I totally missed it. But who knows what will happen 40 years from now? You see what I'm saying? Decide to do, verse 4, he who watches the wind waiting for all conditions to be perfect will not sow seed. And he who looks at the clouds will not reap a harvest. I have good intentions, but I'm letting all of these external situations stop me. Maybe you're about to make a major decision to, to, to you know, invest in some sort of project or invest in some sort of, uh, you know, business or, 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 or somebody. Or maybe you're, you're making a decision to invest something really big into some charitable organization or, or whatever it may be. Maybe you're about to do something, but you're waiting for all the perfect things to align. You're, you're waiting. And you know what? If you wait too long, you will not reap the harvest you're called to reap. Sometimes you just have to do it. You just have to do it. Decide to do. Your decisions determine the development of your destiny. Write that down. Your decisions determine the development of your 
destiny. God wants to develop you, but to develop, you have to do. If you want to develop, you have to do. If you want to grow, you have to do. It's easy to sit on the sidelines and watch other people's success, other people move forward. But if you don't do, you will always be a watcher and an observer and never someone that experiences it for themselves. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to step out. You got to step out. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I share this testimony, but, you know, last year, one year ago, September, a little over one year ago, during our Vision Sunday, uh, you remember that? Some of you were, some of you were here. Um, and uh, it was, I, don't, I think it was September 20th, I believe, somewhere in that vicinity. And we had a Vision Sunday. We were raising money to go mobile to become what we are today. It's been really, what day is today? It's been exactly a year on Monday. It was the 18th on Monday that we've been a mobile church. And we didn't sink the ship. Woo! Yeah! Life jackets. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a awesome. I remember the morning. I remember it. And we, back when we had three services and, and, uh, and I remember uh, just being broken, going into the green room and just, I knew what God wanted us to do, but I, it wasn't because I was scared. It wasn't because I, I just, I knew something that got, touched God's heart, that what we were called to do, Michelle and I was touching God's heart. And we had given our entire savings account that we'd been saving for a long time and through different things that had happened in our life we were able to to save and uh a pretty big lump sum of money and um it was god said i want you to give it all as a sign for the next season i want you to give it into the vision offering this is above and beyond our normal giving and wanted to model this and we uh i remember like uh, doing this in tears it's like the scripture in psalm says plant with tears and you'll reap the harvest of joy and uh, so we, we gave this seed, and I remember that morning I was just like a mess, you know? Because I knew I could feel something. I, maybe I didn't discern it at the time what was happening, but I knew it was touching. Something I was doing, something we were doing, was touching the heart of God, and heaven was responding. And, uh, and so we did this, and um, remember, it was our furniture money. It was our furniture money. And uh, one year later... To the exact week, okay, everyone say this, one year later, later. to the exact week, I sit down with somebody that did not know the significance of what they were about to do, and they sat me down and said, we would like to buy you all brand new furniture for your new house. like tens of thousands of dollars. Why? Because when you sow a seed, you will reap a harvest. But sometimes when you sow a seed, it makes no sense. I could have put that money into an investment somewhere. I could have put it over here. I could have put it into a startup business. And maybe 10 years from now, it would have grown. Who knows? But when you do what God wants you to do, when he wants you to do it, and start waiting for the stars to align, God will always respond on your behalf. One year later, my furniture seed turns into actual furniture, and I'm able to get more than I was going to be able to afford with the money that I gave. 
Come on! It's amazing. That's what happens when you decide to do. When you decide to do. By the way, this week, Matt and I were talking on Wednesday night, and I was saying that uh, we were saying, you know, we, we need to buy a truck. We we're like, we have to buy a truck. And uh, okay, we're, we just need to do it. And we've been talking about it for a while. We tried raising money for it uh, a year ago. We didn't raise quite enough. And so, you know, we've kind of, we've had the generosity of people in this house that have, you know, driven their truck and, you know, used their truck. And we're so thankful for that. And Matt and I were talking, we're like, we need to buy a truck. We need to get a truck. And and uh, maybe we should, you know, raise some money, talk to a few people. And without even talking to anybody, this week I sat down with somebody and uh, they said to me, hey, um, do you still need a truck? And I said, yeah. I said, well, I want to give you a truck. <laughs> Is that awesome? Come on. God just knows. God knows. We need a truck. God knows what we need. But how about you being that person? Because it's better to give than receive. I want to be that guy. I'm just saying straight right now. I want to be that guy that sends people away on vacations, that buys people a house, that buys people a, a vehicle when they need it. I don't want to just be the receiver. Because it's better to give than receive. But if you want to be the giver, you have to multiply what you've got diversify you got to deposit you got to divide and you got to do number four we're almost done decide to depend decide to depend ecclesiastes 11 verse 5 just as you once again do not know the way and the path of the wind or how the bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman even so you do not know the activity of god who makes all things that word for makes means advances it means accomplishes even so you don't get it in the end you can do all that you want to do you can diversify you can be smart about it you can study the economy and that's all good but in the end you do not know what's going to happen so i'd rather trust in god who owns the cattle on a thousand hills you know why he owns a cattle on a thousand hills because with your eye you can't even see a thousand hills in other words his wealth is way beyond what you can think ask or imagine it's beyond your ability to perceive and understand wow. Wow. so if my god el shaddai the god of more than enough has all of that and i'm his son guess what kind of privilege i have i have access i have access but i gotta depend decide okay deposit i'm gonna divide i'm gonna do but then ultimately i gotta depend on god because if i don't depend i make i may make some really big mistakes if I don't depend on God, I'm depending upon the security of the economy, the stock market. I'm depending upon all these undependable variables in life. Dangerous. I'm deciding to depend on God. I'm deciding to depend on God. God, you are going to provide for this house. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really pray and hope that that message from the archives ministered to you. Like I said, it was a message for then, but I believe it's a message for now and i pray and hope that god has spoken to you in a powerful way that you can apply moving forward in this season but i don't want to leave you without sharing the most important moment 
that was ever multiplied, the most important act that was ever multiplied into all of humanity. And that was when Jesus got up on a cross and died for us all. He died to give us new life. He resurrected to show us what we could be, who we always were called to be. That's the salvation message. Jesus took on the sin of all humanity to change the game. And maybe you're watching today. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you're watching after the fact and you stumbled across this video, the most important decision, the most important moment that you can multiply into your future is a moment, is the moment when you say yes to Jesus. In one moment on the cross, Jesus knew that if I just do this act and then I resurrect, that one action will multiply into the freedom of all humanity. And all you have to do is say yes. It says in Romans 10 that if you believe in your heart, that Jesus was raised from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he is God, you will be saved. That's just, that's the starting point. That's the introduction. It doesn't end there. It's just a decision that leads you into a committed relationship. Jesus did not come to give us a religion. He came to give us a relationship. And so I want to open the invitation to you today to say yes, to say I'm all in with Jesus that moment that was multiplied was for me on the cross over 2,000 years ago. And so I'm praying that in this season, for the first time, you would come into an encounter with the living God, Jesus Christ. If you if you said yes and you want to open up your heart today, we're celebrating with you. We're celebrating. All you have to do is say yes. Jesus, I believe you're for real. I believe you're God and I believe that you are raised from the dead. I want you in my life. I want to follow you. I want a real relationship. If you said that, if you've opened up your heart, please email us at prayer at kingdomculture.ca so we can help walk alongside of you on this a new amazing journey. God bless you and we'll see you next week.